everyone, and welcome to the Inside Athletic Podcast. James here, and first off, just let me say I have been overwhelmed with the support that you guys have been showing me on Twitter. Uh, it's good to be back and tweeting about athletic, trying to cover the club as best as I can. I really do miss uh, writing and podcasting, but with two small kids. Um, as I've kind of covered already, it's just not something that I'm able to do anymore, but trying to be as present as possible and going to be trying to do a little bit more podcasting um, as my schedule allows to cover this great club that we all love, that we all follow so closely. And so I, I just had to start off with uh, this episode covering the Barcelona match. I, I tried to have a, a preseason one, but just did not have the time to get to it. And now I do have that ab- availability right now. So I want to talk about this Barcelona game. Athletics' second game of the season coming away with a 1-1 draw. Let's be honest, it should have been three points, but when it comes to playing Barcelona, you have to be happy with a draw. And you can also look at it at the same time and say it was two points dropped because Athletic were the better side. They should have gotten a victory. So both things are true. You can be happy with a draw and a little bit disappointed that it wasn't more. But let's really get into this and and talk about this game here because we saw from Marcelino what this team is capable of. We saw some Marcelino ball, his traditional 4-4-2, a really high line, intense pressure, forcing turnovers, playing physical, and trying to create chances. And of course, we all know that Athletic just do not have a true, pure, clinical goal scorer and that's going to continue to be this team's Achilles heel. It's going to continue to be the issue that they struggle with. But aside from that, Athletic did play really well. And so I think the, the biggest surprise from this match is that Oyan Sunset started up top again, even though Raul Garcia was back from suspension. And we really could spend an entire episode talking about Sunset here. He was, in my opinion, the best player on the field. And with each passing game, he's looking better and better in this specific role that he's playing under Marcelino. Yes, it's a 4-4-2, but if we're honest and we actually look at it, I've now had the chance to watch the game back through two times now, he's not playing up top alongside Iñaki Williams. Maybe a little bit in a defensive position, but when Athletic have the ball, he's dropping in between the lines. He's picking the ball up, and he's really all over the pitch. I saw him pick the ball up multiple times on the right wing, on the left wing, uh, far behind the midfield. I mean, he's just moving around everywhere. And when he gets that ball, when he receives it, he's turning and looking upfield and trying to create. And every time he received the ball, he looked dangerous and he made things difficult for Barcelona. The only thing missing from his game was an assist or a goal. He did hit the post and he, you really have to just think, oh, if that would have gone in, that would have cemented a fantastic game. But even without the goal, this was Oyan's best game for the first team since he's taken the step up. And he's looking better and better with every passing game. Each time he's on the field, he looks better. And that's a great thing because Athletic need that creativity. They need that player who can cut between the lines, who can give out a good pass, and who can find goal-scoring chances for himself. Maybe he puts it off the post, but maybe some of these go in. We did see him scoring some goals for the Juvenil A team, for Bilbao Athletic. He has that ability if he could put himself in those positions. But he wasn't the only one who had a really good game. Inigo Lecque and and Mikel Balenciaga both were solid. And that was one of the concerns going into this match was that there was really no other available fullbacks. Sure, Oscar DeMarcos made the, the, uh, the squad, but... 
nobody really expected him to play necessarily because he was coming back very quickly from a muscle injury. It looked like he was on the bench as a break glass in case of emergency type of player there just in case for some reason you needed him. He's there, but uh, Marcelino not wanting to risk him. And Lecque played great uh, up and down that, that right sideline, just running, 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 putting that work in. And he looked good building up in the attack. He looked solid in defense. Balenciaga, we all know he's not going to offer much going forward, but defensively he was good. Serginho Des did put him on skates a couple of times, but Balenciaga was able to keep with him, which was impressive given his lack of pace and his age. Uh, and he did what was asked of him, which is really all you can you know, really require and, and want from Mika Balenciaga. Uh, Indigo Martinez, solid as ever. I never really puts a foot wrong, scored a brilliant header. We, we can talk about the, the beauty of that, placed it perfectly. Neto had no chance to make it to that. A uh, good corner taken by, by Iker Munein to get that assist, but that was all Inigo just putting that in the perfect place. So hats off to him. That should have been the winner, uh, but unfortunately it wasn't. Uh, Julen Aguirre had a decent game. Uh, it wasn't as good as, as his first game against Elche, but we, we have to remember this is only his second game at this level playing against Barcelona. And he made a couple of saves that you would expect him to make. He did fumble the ball twice, which was a little bit scary. And you, you can blame him for that Mephistopai goal. Uh, you never want to get beat at your near post as a goalkeeper. Uh, he did get his hand to it, but that was more of Depay just scoring a banger, just a, an incredible goal, more so than Julian making a mistake there. Memphis just put that where you have really little chance, if at all, to uh, to save that. And the fact that Julian got some fingers on it shows that he was at least in the right position. He just could not react uh, to where Memphis put that. So that that was more praise for Memphis Depay than blame for uh, for Julian there. But if we Move up into the midfield a little bit. Uh, Danny Garcia, a tale of two halves for him. The first half, he was phenomenal. Physical in midfield, not giving anything easy away, kind of dominating the midfield a little bit. And the second half, he kind of picked up where he left off, but it's easy to forget all of that when you see him give the ball away in the midfield. That turnover that eventually leads to Memphis Depay's goal. You, you have to just think if Danny had passed that ball there or not tried to dribble, maybe Athletic keep a clean sheet and have all three points here. And so it's it's easy to heap all of the blame on him. He is partly to blame for that goal, not the only one. Uh, Danny Vivian, which uh, left him out a second ago, we can talk about him now, but uh, Danny Vivian caught far too inside the midfield there, wasn't able to get back over far enough to, to close down Memphis, who just had an open lane to run into. And being this as Danny's, uh, or Danny Vivian's, second match uh, in uh, the, the, the the first division, he had some moments where he looked really good and he had some moments where you could tell he was not as experienced as the other players. Uh, got turned around a couple of times by Depay. All in all, he had a decent game, but you'd want him to do better, be in a better position for that goal. And he's going to have moments like this. He's He's got to go through these learning curves to be able to grow and, and become a better player. And we all trust that he will be. Uh, Denny has showed so much promise, so much potential that, you know, there's a reason why he's starting over Una Nunez right now, because he's showing what he's capable of. And that can only be exciting for uh, Athletic and, and, and for us as fans. Uh, but in front of him, Unai Vincedor, another quietly nice game from him. Good passing, good positioning. He's not going to be that 
physical defensive presence uh, that he was when he was younger playing against players his own age. He is a little bit smaller in stature, but he can read the game well, and, and he did so here. His passing was very good. And I, I know a lot of fans, I, I hear it every day, they want a midfield of Una Vencedor and Oyer Zaraga, but I, I personally wouldn't trust that because neither one of them are going to be that physical presence in midfield that I think Athletic need and have traditionally used very well. Um, but apart from that, on the wings, Iker Munayin, Alex Berenguer both had a, a very good game. They were willing to take on defenders, try to beat them off of dribbles, putting in some good crosses. Unfortunately, Athletic just could not get on the end of those crosses. Sunset had that one opportunity where he hit the post, and Yaki had a number of chances. And I know a lot of fans are going to be quick, as they usually are, to blame Inyaki for missing those chances, for not putting a goal away. But we also have to look at it here and, and be honest with ourselves. Inyaki did not have a clear chance on goal. Probably his best opportunity came really early in the game when Berenguer put that cross in and he had a, a near post opportunity. I think that actually was ruled offside, but even that was not a, a clear look at goal. So we really shouldn't pretend that Inyaki missed some wide open chances there, some some sitters, if you will, because he really didn't have those. So it's not that he missed golden opportunities. He, he didn't have a lot of good chances there. But we have seen that Inyaki has struggled in the past of, of putting away some chances that maybe he should be putting away. And th this is where I, I kind of want to slow down and, and talk about what Marcelino had to say about Inyaki before the game. Because I, I think he put some things into perspective that fans probably need to hear. And so I'll, I'll quote Marcelino here. This is from his his press conference on uh, on Friday before the game on Saturday. He said, I don't think Williams will explode as a goal scorer. I'm calm because I don't expect him to score 20 goals. We can't ask certain footballers for something they aren't born with. Everybody is born with certain qualities like goal scoring. He has other qualities. And I think that Marcelino is, is right there. Uh, he continued by saying Williams will score his 6, 10, or 12 goals. Sometimes he can score 15. From the inside, we're trying to help him be a better player, but those outside are putting all the obstacles in the world on him. And I, I really do think that Marcelino hit the nail on the head here perfectly because we know Inyaki is not a clinical goal scorer. The most goals he's ever scored is, is, is 15 in a season. And a lot of fans seems to have this idea that he better be scoring 15 or 20 goals a season. He's not that player. He's not. And and so fans can get mad at him for playing up top. That's the coach's decision. I, I also agree that he would be better out wide. Uh, and if you're going to do that, then you raise some other questions. Well, who is going to start up top? Uh, Via Libre, Raul Garcia, neither one of them have pace. They're, they are more opportunistic goal scorers, but you lack that explosiveness up top if you do move Inyaki out wide. And if you move him out wide, what happens to Alex Berenguer? Where does he go? So there, there's some other questions there where I think that Marcelino is just trying to make the most of a unfortunate opportunity or situation where he doesn't have a true goal scorer in this team. And I know a lot of people are clamoring for Acevia Libre to be that starting striker, and, and I agree that he deserves more opportunities, but he is not a 20-goal scorer either. Um, he, he probably is not even a 15-goal scorer. Maybe he can become that if he gets opportunities, but right now there, there's nothing about Asier's game where you watch him to think of he comes in athletic win a bunch more games. 
maybe down the road, not right now. And so Marcelino is trying to put Inaki on the field where he can make the most impact without expecting him to, sc- to score every single goal. And that's what happened in this game. Inaki ran Eric Garcia ragged. He ran PK ragged, who went off with an injury. And I saw later after the game that he already had an injury that Ronald Koeman had promised was was fine. And Inaki brought that back out of him. But Inaki's pace, his power, his burst, and his energy was a constant threat for the Barcelona backline. Even though he didn't score a goal and didn't really have a clear goal-scoring opportunity, he opened up the game for everybody else. And I think that's what Marcelino is trying to take advantage of. You pair that with Sunset up top to kind of drop in and pick up the ball, and then you really have people moving around. The, the passing in this game from Athletic was the best I've seen in a couple of years. The, the best under Marcelino so far, definitely better than what we had seen in the past under Gaisca Garitano. Uh, they moved the ball well, and they moved without the ball well. And I don't think you do that if you if you have Inaki on the bench. Or even if you have him out wide, I think that really limits you to one side of the field where you're creating that. By him playing through the middle, you can really attack in different ways there. But by doing that, you also do have to recognize that he's not a prolific goal scorer. And so I, I think that fans need to understand that and accept it as opposed to continually attacking Inaki for not being something that he's not. And he said it himself. He's not Aritz Adoris. He's not Fernando Llorente. He's not a big target man in the box that's going to score goals. And fans keep acting like that's what he is supposed to be or, or, or calling him useless. Inaki Williams is not a useless player. His pace alone makes him dangerous. His pace alone makes other teammates dangerous. So... For me, Inaki's always got to be on the field because of what he is capable of doing. You just have to standardize your expectations and what he's going to deliver. I think that's the most important thing there. Um, but at the same time, somebody like Asier, I, I do think, deserves more opportunities. So we can be upset when Inaki misses goals that he should be scoring, but we also have to recognize how difficult it is to create chances. And when Athletic do play against teams that sit back and defend, um, like Elche, it's harder for him to utilize that pace. So maybe he does need to go out wide in those games and kind of switch it up a little bit. But that all comes back to Marcelino because he's not going to change that 4-4-2. Maybe a 4-2-3-1 would work better against uh, those defensive-minded teams. But Marcelino loves his 4-4-2. And we saw against Barcelona that it can be very good. It's just a question of, can Athletic finish those chances and not putting all of that pressure on the shoulders of Inaki Williams. Um, Praise him for the player that he is. Let's not attack him for the player that he's not. So, uh, of course, there there is room and there is areas of his game that he needs to be called out for because he needs to be better. And there's other areas of of his game where we need to just recognize he's not that player and understand what he is capable of. Uh, But uh, aside from that, Athletic just played a really good game. Their pressure made things so difficult for Barcelona, who really struggled to put a lot of passes together. Yes, they had stretches where they enjoyed possession, but Athletic never let them really get that possession in a dangerous way. It was always a moment here or a moment there. Uh, we had you know Martin Brothwaite missing that sitter that should have been a goal early on. Memphis Depay had another chance after his first goal um, that he sliced wide and other than that, Barcelona really weren't that dangerous, which showed how well Athletic played defensively. Um, they made several smart challenges and tactical fouls when they would give the ball away, and 
Barcelona would try to counter. Athletic were, were able to, to pull them back and slow it down so they could set back up defensively. I thought that was brilliant. Fr- from a game plan standpoint, Marcelino got almost everything right. He, he had the team set up to play how he wanted them to, how we expect them to under Marcelino. They executed, just need another goal here or there, just needed Sunset's goal to go in or another opportunity to bounce Athletic's way, and it didn't. But you do leave with one point against Barcelona, and you can't be upset about that, like I said earlier, but also could have been three points, and it wasn't. And, and now at this point, you look at this, and you see how Athletic played, and there's two things that cross your mind. The, the first being... They should do this every single week. We know what they're capable of. We saw how they played. If they did this against Elche, they win that game. If they do this against Celta Vigo on Saturday, they should win this game. But it's it's not that simple. How many times have we seen Athletic, in, in the midst of poor form, have a great game against Barcelona or Real Madrid or Atletico, and then we think, okay, this is the point where they're going to start putting things together, and instead, they go into their next two, three games and failed to win any one of them. It's it's a common occurrence for Athletic over the last couple of years. And so what we want to see and what Marcelino needs to be pressing into these players is to build on what you did against Barcelona. They're going into Baleros on Saturday, facing a a good, I would say even underrated Celta de Vigo team. They need to come away with all three points. If you come away from that with a draw, then you're sitting on three points from three games and you're already kind of falling back a little bit from that race for Europe. They, they need to get a good result here, especially after that Barcelona game. Build on it, build on it, build on it. Come out of this next game with three points and really start looking up the table to start climbing and building on that win as well. So I'm not expecting many changes from Marcelino. Maybe Oscar DeMarcos comes back in if he's healthy. But apart from that, I think we're going to see the same team there and maybe that's not a bad thing. Let, let the team continue to gain that cohesiveness. But there are some players that, that do deserve opportunities, maybe not as starters, but they deserve minutes. Asie being one of them, I, I think he needs to play. But also Nico Williams. Let, let's talk about him against Barcelona. My goodness, he comes on in the second half, and his ability with the ball at his feet is unlike anybody else in the team right now. Yes, Alex Berenguer and Iker Munayin can can dribble the ball, but Nico goes past people. He's very quick with his dribbling. He's got great technical ability and almost won the game for Athletic there when he broke away from Eric Garcia and forced him to, to, to really bring Nico down and, and get a red card there. I thought for a second that that was Inaki Williams, and, and I was looking at him running away, and I was like, oh, Inaki's going to do it here. He's going to score a goal. And then I saw the hair. I was like, oh, it's Nico. Um, he's not as fast as his brother, but he sure looked it during that play. So Nico really is showing a lot of composure. He, he's still very young. Still a teenager, and when he gets on the field, he has no fear. He's willing to take on defenders. He he doesn't take risks that you see a lot of young players take that they get burned for. He comes back and he defends. He gets in his position, but when he gets the ball, when Athletic are attacking, he's electric. I, I don't think we're going to see him start many games this season because then you have to take off somebody like like Alex Berenguer. But maybe he does in a cup game or in a rotational type of period. There, uh, he's going to keep getting minutes. We saw in the preseason and we heard reports that Marcelino had plans for Nico this season in the first team, and I think that's definitely clear at this point. There's no doubting it. He's going to give him minutes because he's got minutes over John Morcillo. He's got minutes over some other players. He looks like the second choice to come in and, and be that guy 
um, at, at the right wing there. It looks like that's his position. He's the backup there. So <laughs> good for him. Good, good, good for Nico coming in. Good for uh, Oyer Saraga, who looked really good when he came on as well. Uh, John Morcillo looked good when he came on. Marcelino is not afraid to give minutes to these younger players, and, and that has to have fans very excited because he is trusting them as he should because they are the the future and, and dare I say, uh, the immediacy right now. We need these younger players stepping up. We need Zaraga to come on and create chances. We need Nico to take on defenders and, and create. We need Danny Vivian to, to step up. We need Julian to step up. Vincedor, Sunset, Zaraga. There's, there's so many young players that I feel like need to get production from right now. And to, for the most part, they're doing that. And Marcelino is giving them the opportunity to do that. But the most special part of this game, the, the, the best part of this match even if Athletic had won, is the fact that we had fans back at the stadium. It was great to hear real fans in the stadium cheering, supporting the team, to to see that emotion, to see everybody lining up in the streets before the game. Having fans back made an impact on this game. There, there's no way you can deny that. We know Athletic feeds off of the fans at some miss, and it's it's special to have them back. I would say it's special for every team, uh, of course. Like that's that's simple knowledge there, and I think that's one reason why Athletic had some problems with Elche. Hopefully, they don't have quite the same type of problems at Baledos against uh, Celta Vigo. But the fans played a role in this as well. So no matter what the the outcome of this game was, the best part, uh, the, the the real victory here is having fans back, and that's something to look forward to moving forward for sure. So welcome back, fans. I would have loved to have been there, but having 10,500 strong there supporting uh, the, the, the Lions, it felt like forever, but certainly a welcome sight. So before we, we head off here, and I'm going to try to put out another episode talking about uh, the upcoming game against Celta de Vigo. I'll try to put that out maybe Friday if I have the opportunity, Saturday morning, uh, scheduled depending. I want to have a separate episode to kind of preview that match, but there's one other thing I want to talk about before we get off here. Uh, and that's Eric Garcia from Barcelona. Watching that game, I felt really bad for the kid. Iñaki was running him ragged. He was really struggling to keep up. He was having to foul here and there just to stay in the play and not give up a goal. And I, I was watching that game thinking, oh, Barcelona have spent a lot of money to bring home a, a, you know, a, a former academy player who just does not look like he's up for this level of football yet. And then I found out in the second half that he actually had someone in his family pass away really soon before the game. I don't know if it was his grandfather, his grandmother, somebody like that had passed away. And I, I just want to shout out Eric Garcia right now. He's not going to hear this. He doesn't care what I think, nor should anybody else. But props to Eric Garcia to get on the field and play through what had to be pain and uh, emotional fatigue. Uh, to, to have gone through what he went through, learning of the passing of a family member, to get on the, the, the pitch and give it his best. Who cares how he played? Who cares that Inyaki ran him record? Who cares if he got a red card? He went out there and did his best in a situation where they needed him to go out there and, and, and play. Props to him for stepping up in that situation. And, and it, it really stinks that anybody has to play in that situation. And maybe... Araujo could have started in his place and he could have been on the bench or something, but there's a reason that he started and I, I just want to tip my cap to him. Um, I, I I apologize for what I was thinking of him during the game because I didn't know what he was going through. I don't, I don't know how I missed that news, but 
I, I can't imagine being in a situation and playing through something like that. So Eric Garcia won a lot of my respect, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing him become a better player um, because of the type of person he showed that he was during that game. And uh, best of wishes to him and his family right now as they're still dealing with uh, the passing of a loved one. Um, so you know, props, shout out there to Eric Garcia. You're a warrior, man. Uh, keep, keep it up, and best of luck to you with, with your Barcelona season. But to our Lions, this is the type of game you want to build on. This is the type of game you want to look at and say, this was a turning point where we go on a run, we add a lot of points, we stay in that fight for Europe and show that we're going to challenge for a top seven finish. So a lot of good things to be excited about, a lot of things to work on, and we'll see how Athletic do against Soto de Vigo this weekend on Saturday at Valedos. Uh, I'll be back with a preview for that game. But as always, thank you so much for listening to the Inside Athletic Podcast. Thank you for following on Twitter at Inside Athletic. We'll continue to try to give you the best coverage for the club in, in English as possible. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being a fan. Love you guys. This has been James, Alpha Athletic.